Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Plant Personalities with PV Plant Guy. I am David, a.k.a. PV Plant Guy. And this show, if you haven't heard yet, is about all of the plant influencers on social media and who they are behind all of their plants. We see lots of care tips. We see different types of plant collections, Ikea greenhouse cabinets. But who are these plant people behind their profiles? Today, I'm very excited to have Emma, aka Good Growing, with us, and she is joining me all the way from the UK. Emma, how are you today? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Hello, everybody. I'm super excited to be chatting with you all. Well, you, David, (laughs) you all in the podcast sense of things. In the podcast world, you are live. (laughs) Oh, God. How's everything over there across the pond? Oh, yeah, it's it's great across the pond. We're slowly, slowly, slowly creeping into spring. Um, it's taking its sweet time, um, but we're getting there. Longer days, which makes me infinitely happy. And better for our plants, right? Exactly. I'm basically we- a plant. <laughs> Aren't we all, though? <laughs> yes. Um, we actually had another kind of chilly cold snap. It's April, April 9th, April 10th. Mm. Um, and it dropped down to 45 degrees last night here in Florida. Oh, God. In Florida, that's like freezing. I know. And today the high is 72. I mean, it's gorgeous. There's not a cloud in the sky. The houseplants are obviously loving it, but I don't want this type of cold weather in April. Yes. I'm, I'm done with the cold. Can, like bring on the sunshine. I need like hot weather again. Coming from California, as you can tell, I'm not from London. Um, I'm from California, and so I need that hot weather in my life. Why I moved to the UK, I don't remember. But, uh, well, I mean, I do, but it wasn't <laughs> did it, worth it. <laughs> didn't you move for school? Yeah, I moved to do my master's degree because um, I, I got uh, accepted to the Royal College of Art in London to do photography. And I moved here for that and kind of just created a life here and an obsession with houseplants. And you never left. Yeah, pretty much. It's been four and a bit years now, four and a half years. And you kind of picked up an accent. It goes in and out, you know. Um, I am half British. I am a dual citizen. So, like, I grew up around British people as well. I I think that's where it comes from. It just, it goes and comes. It does whatever it wants. (laughs) I like that. And it's it's probably easier for you to pick it up because you have that history of being around people from the UK. Exactly. Yeah, it just just does it whenever it wants. Especially... If it's like I'm talking to a bunch of British people, it'll just come out like crazy. But since I'm talking to you and you're American, it'll all sound much more American. It's very odd. I like it, though. It gives you like a unique personality trait that not many people have. <laughs> exactly. So you moved over there uh, about four and a half years ago. When did you get into houseplants? Um, about four and a half years ago. <laughs> <laughs> to the date. Very big coincidence. Um, basically, I... I moved from California, which is like very green. I mean, obviously not green, 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 but like very naturey. There's lots of space. But I moved to London, which is a city, and cities are so gray. Like I didn't even realize how gray they were until I moved to one, and I was just missing nature so much. And so I slowly just got house got into houseplants, and I got more and more and more and more and more, and now I've got over a hundred. <laughs> And you you live in an apartment, I'm assuming. What do you call it? A yeah. flat? Yeah, a flat. I, we've got a two-bedroom flat. So what does your, your setup look like with respect to, like, grow lights? Because, you you know, we keep saying that it's kind of gray and there's 
um, you know, lots of rain in, in London. So, yep. so what's your like light situation like? Um, I have lights every freaking where. Um, I think, so I've been looking in the bedroom right now. I've got five grow lights in the bedroom. I've got four in the office slash our second bedroom. Um, and then two, three, four, five, six, six in the living room. Wow. Um, and that's where all of my plants, I've got a lot of grow lights basically. <laughs> so, so are you a grow light pro? At this point I might be. <laughs> I have so many different types. I wouldn't call me a professional. I don't know like loads of like information behind them, but if they work, they work. Right. 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 I only have a few in my Ikea greenhouse cabinet and then one in, uh, on my bookshelf in my office. Mm-hmm. And there's like an air plant and an aloe plant and a few other like lower light plants there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, people ask me about grow lights all the time, but I'm, I'm just like, here, these are the ones that I use and they seem to be working. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it just like being in Florida, you must get amazing light. And especially in the winter because you're more South closer to the equator. Right. You're not going to have as short of days as we do here. And so in the winter, our days, they're like so short um, that I would have my grow lights on almost all day in the winter, especially because it's also gray outside. So you're not really getting any light. Um, And I've just kind of amassed them more and more. I don't, I probably don't need as many as I have, but Mm -hmm. I kind of like them as a fail safe. And we use them as like lights in our flat. We never really turn on the overhead lights at all. I just have them all come on at timers, like based on the sunset, like about an hour before sunset, they'll all come on and like, light up the flat so we don't use the overhead lights at all 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 the lights in the flat are grow lights basically i like that so so i mean you just don't even use the 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 normal lights so i guess are they are the grow lights you have white like more white or are they purpley no so i don't use any of the purple ones if you want to use the purple ones that's great i think i would get so irritated by the color just in my home that mm-hmm. I, I can't. And be, like I said, because I use them as lights in our home, I have yeah. mostly full spectrum and daylight. Some of them lean a bit orange or like yellow warmer. Um, but they're all, they're all definitely like daylight ish. And do you have any issues with your plants, like burning under them? Um, I've only had issues when i had my caladiums last summer they kind of grow too bit they grew too big for my plant shelves and they started to touch the lights okay and that's the only time i experienced issues mine aren't don't tend to be that hot and they i don't put them close enough that it's a problem um it's only really an issue if they're touching them which i don't let my plants touch the lights if i can help it in any way <laughs> Right, and that's kind of like an assumption, like don't let your plants touch the light source. But yeah. when they grow, sometimes they, they grow into it and you don't realize it. And you're like, oh, shoot, it's touching. Got to move it. Yeah, that's what happens with, or happened with all of my caladiums. Not all of them, but a good number of them. Yeah. That's fine because they come back each year anyway. So I knew they were going to, like, it's not like permanent damage, you know. Right. I think it's 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 cute that you guys over in the U.K., um, are big into caladiums because here in Florida, like they're used as lawn ornaments <laughs> everywhere. Like you go to the Home Depot and they're just like everywhere, and people want them in your yard, their yards for spring, and they're really pretty. They add like yeah. so much color. 
Um, yeah. Do you guys have them outside in the UK, like during the summer, or are they mainly considered a houseplant over there? They're, they're mainly considered a houseplant. Like, if you look in, I don't think you would find them in big box stores or like big garden centers that are meant for outdoor outdoor plants. I've pretty much only seen them in like house plant shops that don't really do out outdoor plants or as bulbs. Okay. Yeah. You can buy like a bag of bulbs somewhere. Not even a bag of bulbs, you know. Really? It's quite expensive. Um, it, for a lot of the caladiums, especially like the more common ones, they'll be like four pounds per bulb. That's kind of a lot. I mean, compared to what you're saying in Florida, where you can just buy a bag of them, <laughs> yeah. You can buy, like, a bag for, like, $10, and there's, like, 20 bulbs or something. Oh, my God. I'll have to get the exact pricing next time I go to the store. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to create an illegal caladium bulb trading ring from the U.S. to the U.K.? You yeah. loads. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'll have to look into the legality around that, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the margin. <laughs> Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your Ikea greenhouse cabinet because we've actually chatted before we did a live on Mm -hmm. Instagram with Robin yeah, and Mark, that was like over a year ago. Oh my God. Time flies. I know. Um, so how has your Ikea greenhouse cabinet been since then? Yeah, it's been absolutely great. Actually. I, I'm in love with it. I, I was actually talking to my partner today. I'm thinking about getting a second cabinet. Um, and I'm not sure if I want to try and get another Millsbow, which I like, but they're like not that available here. Yeah. Or I might go for something smaller like the, I think it's the Rudsta. Yep. I like um, the Fabricor too. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like that one too. It's hard. It's uh, I've been thinking about getting a second one. That's how much I like it. <laughs> I love your, yours is black, the black yeah. trim. Mine's yeah. white, so I'm I actually like the black one better than the white one. I personally agree, but I mean it, it depends on your home interior. Yeah, of course. Movement. Like all of my stuff is like black accents and stuff, so it makes more sense that it's black. Right. And you have um a shelf in there with your your Instagram handle on there. Was yes, that custom yes. made? Yeah, so it was custom made. Um I'm gonna give a shout out. It's to it's it's the Dutch woman who creates them. It's Yetz met plantes, which means like some something plants um, in Dutch, and she makes these custom shelves for all the different types of IKEA cabinets, um, like literally like the Fabricor, the Rutsta, the Millsbow, both the wide and the tall, um, and you can get them with her logo on them, with nothing on them, with your custom words. You could make it say, hey, plants, if you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really great because it's got holes in it. So instead of having like wire shelves or the glass shelves that come with the cabinet, which don't provide any airflow, you can have something with holes so you can get airflow throughout the whole thing. So you're less likely to get funky air issues. Yeah, or have mold grow or something. Yeah, um, exactly. <clears throat> I mean, the shelf is so cool. There's, there's whole, there's like slits, right? And then there's yeah. like little plant, like little, there's like little yeah. pots and plants that kind of accent the holes too. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I love it. Honestly, it's it's my favorite thing about the IKEA cabinets that I have. It just makes it so much nicer, and it's black as well, so it matches. Yeah, it it looks like it. It's part of the cabinet. 
yeah, it it genuinely looks like it came with the whole thing. What is your favorite part about the pegboard that you have? I I can't seem to like use it for a, like functional purposes. Mm, interesting. So I put a couple washers between my pegboard and the back of the cabinet, um, which spaces it out a little bit, mm-hmm. meaning I can use it functionally. Um, so maybe maybe you have to put some washers behind. It was kind of a pain to do that. It was difficult, but I did it. Um, I just I like being able to put s- smaller stuff higher because I I've got a lot of like props or small plants in there that I want to again receive a lot of light from the grow lights mm-hmm. and so I'm able to like put them on shelves or clip them up and or put them in little drawers on on the back wall which is kind of unused space otherwise yep. and it allows me to kind of just more efficiently use use the room in in there get more plants in really <laughs> right 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 um I so I I like try to do that and I have like one or two shelves and it's hard for me to like have a plant and then I just maybe I just have too many plants (laughs) I think that's the problem I rearrange my cabinet regularly if that helps I do the same thing too I'll just like spend an hour and be like okay I need to a clean this and then when I take everything out to like kind of like wipe the shelves down and like the the interior glass I'm like well I guess I could just move a few things around I mean, that's more than I do. I think I've cleaned my cabinet like once or twice um, in the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get that dirty unless, I mean, no. I spilled pawn all over like well, from the yeah, top so shelf. Yeah, then you would do something. Um, and speaking of pawn, you're a big pawn fan. Yes. Yes, I am. Are the majority of your plants in pawn? Um, I'd say probably about a third of them or maybe 25% are in pawn. I have a I have a good mix. Some plants I find do really really well in pawn and some plants I don't feel like I need to put in pawn at all. Does that make sense? Yes, oh yeah. What what are some plants that you find like pawn? So, my alocasias, they love pawn. Absolutely love it. Like I used to have a couple like my black velvet and my dragon scale and stuff like that i had them in soil Mm -hmm. it wouldn't stay moist enough even in the cabinet it wouldn't stay moist enough and so now that i'm using self-watering pots and pond it allows it to stay moist so much better and like the plant will only take what it needs but it's still in a moist environment and it does create higher humidity as well Mm -hmm. to use the self-watering pots and pond and so it 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 just it gives it more of what the plant wants. So alocasias are huge for pawn. Um, marantas are another one that I put in pawn, and I don't even keep those in the cabinet, but they are still in self watering pots, and they love it because again, it's the moisture thing. They want to stay moist. I should probably do it with my calathea as well, but I just haven't done it. Yeah, I I feel like the calatheas are they're so finicky and those yeah. crispy tips. Um, yeah. I feel like the pond would would help with that. And um, have yeah. you have you had experience with anthuriums in pond? Yeah. So I have my anthuriums in a mix of stuff. I have one just in moss. I have a couple just in soil, and I have a couple in pond. Okay. Um, I I have 
I have one in pawn and I want mm-hmm. to move them over, but I'm like, I just don't want to spend the time picking the soil off the roots. Well, so that's one of the good over. things I, I like about pawn is that you don't have to get the roots fully, fully, fully clear like you would with Lekka. Okay, this is news to me. Um, so at least in my experience, when I was transferring stuff to Lekka, if there was any sort of like organic matter on the roots that weren't roots, mm-hmm. it would kind of rot and not work out very well for me. Whereas with Pawn, it's never been as big of an issue. And I'm not exactly sure why that is, but I have like, th- they just haven't had to be as clean. Also, Anthurian roofs are th- thick yeah they are juicy noodles those are really easy to get all the dirt out of i know it's just time consuming just do it spend an afternoon throw on some netflix just do it yeah i'll go live on instagram or something and show everyone (laughs) exactly um so do you have any pawn any plants in pawn in containers that don't have any holes or that are not self-watering containers um no, I do, I think the answer is no. So I don't. All of them are in sort of water reservoirs. Okay. Not necessarily all of them are self-watering specific containers. Some are in normal planters that are in like cash pots, but have a reservoir of water. Okay. But I don't use any of them. Like I use soil. All of my pond plants have water reservoirs. Okay, and then the water reservoir are they? Um... It, do you always have like a rope or do you just kind of let the bottom of the container sit in some water um, in the reservoir? Both. I have both. Uh, okay. Yeah. Some, are, they just sit in the reservoir. Some, it wicks up. It, it just depends on the paw I have at the minute, but both work <laughs> fine for me in my experience. Yeah. A lot of uh, the plant, the planting that I do, I'm like, okay, what do I have on hand? What can I do? Exactly. I, I want to do this right now, but I don't have, I don't have a the specific tool, so yep. I kind of have to like improvise. Yep. Or it's like, oh, I really want to do this, but I really want that size pot, so I need to move that plant into a different pot to get this pot to do that. Yep. <laughs> that was me today, literally like switching up my propagation so they would each get like one size pot bigger, like doing a little chain of pots. Yep. Yep. It's a process. I need to do that with my fiddle. One of my fiddly figs outside. I'm like, okay, I need to up pot my fiddly fig. And then I need to use that pot to put the Monstera in that I have on my front porch. That's mm. doing really well. And then I have a bigger pot that I need to, I need to buy soil for this fiddly fig. And I just haven't done that. So like once I buy the soil, I can kind of do that. Yeah. yeah. Go through that process. Yeah. Um, yeah. So pond, I, and you're using Lechuza, right? Uh, yeah. I use Lechuza. But I also have recently used, if any of your listeners are from the UK, I use Soil Ninja. Um, it is a fantastic soil brand. I absolutely love them. I love all of their mixes so much. They have different mixes for different plants. Like they've got an Anthurium mix and a Monstera and Philodendron mix and a Succulent mix and a Ficus mix and an Alocasia mix. Like they have each different mix for each different type of plant, which is amazing. But they also do a semi-hydro thing, which is kind of Pawn-esque. It's not Pawn branded, but it's Pawn-esque. Right. Um, so I guess is Pawn a, like Lechuza tru- – do they brand it Pawn or is that just like the type of – I think so, yeah. Okay. Soil. I think it, it's like people use Kleenex now. Like that's a brand name. 
but it's uh, from my understanding because they were like the first ones to really do this. So people will make their own pawn, but it's not actually pawn because it's not Lacuzza pawn. It's semi. It's a semi hydro mix. Yeah, it's a, yeah. So their mix is called semi hydro mix, and I I treat all of my pawn plants like semi hydro. I just call it pawn because it's way easier than saying semi hydro every time. Yeah, it's like yeah, just like Kleenex. Like oh, instead instead of a tissue, yeah, sometimes called a Kleenex or a Hoover instead of a vacuum. A Hoover. I haven't heard that one. It's British. British slang for vacuum is Hoover, but Hoover is a brand. Like you'd say, my Dyson. Okay. Yeah. And is Soil Ninja only in the UK? Um, right now they're only in the UK. I think they might be trying to branch out to Europe, maybe. But I, I don't know. It, it, it not, not in the minute. They're definitely in the UK now, and that might be it for now. And they're peat free, hundred percent peat free. Yep. I'm a fan. I wish they were they shipped here. <laughs> if only. Oh um, man. Yeah, and and there's sphagnum moss is the only moss I use as well. It's living, which is amazing, um, because then it like retains moisture a bit better in my experience, and it's sustainably sourced in Wales, mm-hmm. um, which it just feels like it's more local. It's sustainable. It's like they're not taking a non-renewable resource if that makes sense right right because peat comes from peat bogs like in the northern part of the uk and canada and it's it, it, it's detrimental to the environment yeah lots of um greenhouse gas emissions and it takes thousands of years for the peat bogs to regenerate yeah so their their moss is sustainable and not peat um which is great which is awesome. I try and stay away from peat, but everything here is peat. Mm. Like so many soil mixtures like that you buy, uh, you know, from big box stores or you're just out. Yeah. You're like, oh, hey, I need to pick up a bag. It's going to have peat in it. So I just, yeah. Um, you know, there are some other companies that are, you know, more targeted with the peat free soil mixes, but you have to plan and order a lot. And sometimes when you're planting, you're, you just want to use something right away. You don't want to have to wait a week. Yeah. yeah. Well, so at this point, I just constantly have soil. Um, I, I I think it's different also because I don't have an outdoor space, an outdoor garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never buy outdoor soil. I, I'm never going to buy soil from like a big box store or like a garden center. It just won't happen. And personally, I will wait until I have the soil I need if I need it. Because it takes like three days to get soil from Soil Ninja at least. That's so not bad at all. It, it's like it's so quick. Um, and normally I procrastinate on my plant projects enough that I can procrastinate. In, like I can factor that into the procrastination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoops. I'm a great <laughs> I mean, plant parent, I promise. I mean, well, you probably have so many things in your to-do list. Uh, yeah. And you're, and so you're like, okay, you know, and sometimes the most important thing that needs to get done isn't the thing that you want to get done. Exactly. And so you just keep putting it off. And you're like, I really like, I really need to water this pothos in my husband's office. And I just hate doing it because I have to take it to the sink and let it drain. And But it's like currently wilted right now. And I just don't want to deal with it. But I, yep. I need to do it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like right now I've got loads of plants because I did a bit of a spring clean this weekend. And I've had, I've taken different groups of plants and put them in the shower and showered them all off. 
Um, and so now I've been procrastinating pulling the plants out of the bathtub to put them back in their spots in my windowless bathroom, might I add. So they like, they can't live there. <laughs> yeah, but if you put some grow lights in there, they could. We don't have sockets in our bathrooms in the UK. It's illegal. So, uh, uh, <laughs> okay, that's news to me. <laughs> I know it's 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 something that's it's so you don't um electrocute yourself. The toaster bath bomb. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So I guess like, where do you like blow dry your hair? You do it in like your bedroom or something. I don't blow dry my hair personally, but I would do it in my bedroom if I had one. Okay. I mean, I guess the only thing that I use my outlet in my bathroom for is for like my electric toothbrush charger. And sometimes I charge my phone in there. Yeah. So like any electric razor or toothbrush and stuff that in the UK will come with a, like we have special UK sockets, like, like special bathroom sockets in, (laughs) which sounds crazy, but like there's special sockets specifically for stuff like razors and toothbrushes that like you can't possibly electrocute yourself with. That makes sense. It's a safety thing. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So I can't have grow lights, unfortunately, but that's okay because my bathroom's not huge. So I wouldn't really want to put loads of plants in there anyway. Yeah. You could like hang some like air plants from the ceiling or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But with no grow lights, I guess that's a moot point. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I I have three rooms full of plants, which is plenty for me <laughs> i think yeah so, and sometimes you just want to keep areas of your house without plants oh uh, that's not allowed in my <laughs> there has to be a plant in every house in every room yeah there's even two plants in the kitchen which only has a west facing window that's blocked by a tree that's not bad what what type of plants are there um so i have a dracaena white jewel there and my alocasia poly my big one that i that's been um like resurrected from the dead it probably loves it in that window though yeah probably I, it likes the humidity of the kitchen i'm sure mm-hmm. i i had a poly that uh died via spider mites Ooh. i just couldn't get rid of them and i was like you know what i will never have one of these again You've sworn off Polly's. Yeah, and I had a um a dragon's tooth that also had spider mite, so I just like cut the leaves off. I'm like, I just hope the bulb will produce yeah. more leaves. Pawn. Put it in pawn. Yeah, yeah. And no and pawn also helps prevent um uh pest, pest infestations. Yeah. That being said, I have had pests on plants in pawn. So it's not like foolproof, but it, it definitely does help because they do, it removes the like breeding ground for things like fungus gnats and I think thrips as well. Yes, yes. I see. I think spider mites, in my opinion, are worse than thrips. I've only had spider mites a couple of times. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> but I I've also struggled with them more than thrips because I haven't been able to get them to go away. Whereas thrips, I can just spray my bug spray and then be done but now that i'm doing predatory mites in some places in my flat i have some that prevent spider mites so let's talk more about that i've never used them so let's talk let's talk about your experience there how has it been yeah so i started using predatory mites in january um because i was experiencing spider mites and thrips 
at the same time and some on the same plants and I was like this is actually my living hell um <laughs> but I started using them because I was like I saw Mark your Babylon yep. uses them and I think you've had him on the show before haven't you yep yep um I saw he uses them and I was like okay if he can use them I can use them I'm gonna give him a try and so I ordered some and use them on my plants especially in the ikea cabinet i also just did a youtube video on this shameless plug i have a youtube channel and if you're not subscribed to me on there um i just did a video about predatory mice so go check that out and just throw it on there um but <laughs> sorry i'm gonna go I'm, no i'm gonna go check it out thanks for sharing um the like i just find that they worked quite well especially in my ikea cabinet because it's a closed space like it's not getting anything from the outside, so oh, I only it only has to contend with the thrips or spider mites that are in there at the minute. It's a controlled environment. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I, I find well, you need different predatory mites for spider mites than you do thrips. So I had a couple different types um, doing different jobs on different plants, but I think it worked really well. And surprisingly, my plants with spider mites, I think they have all gone. I'm pretty sure. So I and think it worked. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can ask for. Yeah. I, 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 I've, I've looked into it before, but I've just never pulled the trigger. I have some like Captain Jack's, um, which is just a brand of insecticide here that I use that works really well for thrips, but it mm-hmm. doesn't quite uh, kill all of the spider mites. They just always seem to come back. Yeah. So I use for thrips aside from the predatory mites do not mix predatory mites and chemical insecticides um i use provanto for thrips in the uk i don't think they sell it in the u.s but i think it might be similar to like is it bonide yeah Uh, yep so it's similar to that but for thrips it works so well it just like gets them gone um but it doesn't work on spider mites at all so i've been using sb invigorator on spider mites but I don't think it works quite as well. It's not as intense chemical pesticide as Provanto is. Right. And do you spray the leaves and the soil? At, like, do you use it as a systemic as well as a topical? Yeah. 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 I found that that's the best way to get rid of thrips is wiping yeah. the leaves down and then also spraying the soil. Yeah. So you, you do want to be careful though, since you are using chemical pesticides at the minute, um, you sh- you need to wait at least two weeks, if not a little bit more, because you're using it systemically um, before using predatory mites. Because it would just kill them. <laughs> yeah, it it will kill them too. Unfortunately, it doesn't like discriminate. Right, it's just all insects. All exactly. Tests. Yeah, anything on the plant, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, um, that's good to know. Um, well, I'm almost out of my bottle of in um, of Captain Jack's, so I feel like when it's done um i might just move to predatory mites i don't know who knows give it a go even if it's just in the cabinet um like that's kind of what i've moved to at this point and i talk about it in more detail in my video Mm -hmm. but like in the cabinet where it's a controlled environment i find it really easy to use the predatory mites and i'm using them currently as preventatory so because i'm getting new plants and most of the plants in my cabinets are my more expensive plants Mm -hmm. um I use it as preventatory in there so I don't kill my 
really expensive nice plants with pests right whereas like <laughs> things that are outside of the cabinet no i'm not saying all of my plants outside of the cabinet are less expensive or whatever because they're not i have a mix of stuff but i think i'm just it's just easier to spray them with provanto i don't know why my brain has made this divide but it has <laughs> I, yeah i hear you um i mean you got to do what works best for you in some cases yeah, yeah. So I want to kind of um, loop back to like your school in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> you mentioned you went to school for photography. And like if you – if anyone looks at your grid, like the pictures are like really good. They're like <laughs> crystal clear. Like like everything is staged very nicely. Like you take really good pictures. Oh, um, thank you. And then like all of your YouTube videos that you film, I've watched a bunch of them. Um, they're like – also really good so like clearly like school has paid off for you what what do you what do you what do you do uh as you know your day-to-day so i'm i'm i work part-time as an art handler at a big gallery in london so i'm part of the team that like puts up and takes down all the exhibitions that are going on okay i'm like very much so in the art world um i do that part-time and then my other part-time is like doing youtube and instagram and social media and content creation like that is my other job that's great i mean it's like cool that you can make an income from producing content and it takes a lot of time like i i thought about doing a youtube channel but you know i also have tiktok and tiktok's literally like point and shoot on my phone edit and like post but youtube like i feel like you have to spend so much more time getting higher quality content and mm. the, the edits uh, i feel like do you use like a third party uh, a third uh party of, uh, uh app editing solution well so when i'm shooting my content on like tiktok or reels i'll just use in-app um but i i have a whole setup for youtube videos with like a camera and a mic sometimes even lights if i'm shooting at night or if it's too dark outside um and I like got a tripod and setups and all this stuff for shooting YouTube videos that I don't really use if I'm just shooting a reel. How long does it take you from like start to finish to make a YouTube video? Depending on what it is, um, like I'm filming a vlog this entire weekend, <laughs> um, so like obviously that's taking a lot of time. But if I'm doing a plant care video where I've researched it in advance, I'll probably research for about an hour. I'll film for about an hour. In the end, the video is going to be like 10 to 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. but I'll spend two or three hours editing it and like getting it ready to be uploaded. So it'll take four or five hours from like beginning of research to putting up a video Mm -hmm. just for that one 10 to 15 minute video. And that's, that's an easy video for me to film. Because I know I have my formula of how I'm going to do it. Yep. Whereas if I'm doing like a how-to or a repot and chat with me, that'll take a lot longer because that's me doing a process. And so like if you might take an hour to repot something, doing that while trying to talk and film it and blah, 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 it's going to take even longer <laughs> and like set up and stuff like that. So it, it, it is a lot of work. It's, I love it, but it's a lot of work. It, it is. And... I mean, even with, so I can relate to like some of the TikToks. If I'm just like 
doing a repot and I like have my camera running, like my iPhone on a tripod, and I just talk for like 10 to 15 minutes, I find it painstakingly tedious and it's just annoying to go back and have to edit that like long video. Yeah. And that's kind of like what YouTube is, right? Because you're you're filming all this content and then you have to go back and kind of cut out what you don't want. Yeah. And so like if I'm doing a repot and chat, it'll take me an hour, an hour and a half to film. Um, because I'm doing stuff the entire time and I have to go through and like decide when, if I want to do a fast through this or cut while I'm saying something here or cut something out because I've done something stupid or said something (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Where TikTok, I, I just like the whole, like, let me say something, let me say like two sentences and then stop, get my thoughts together and be like, okay, this is going to come next and just say it. And then I have to worry about like editing it. Yeah, I th- I find that is really useful. I'm still so it's it's quite difficult for me to like wrap my head around TikTok sometimes and Reels because it is such a different way of filming that it it, it like half the time I'll film something on my phone, I'll send it to my computer, edit it in my normal editing software, and then put it back on my phone because that makes more sense in my head than trying to do it like through the app in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, the interfaces in the apps aren't the best. I use InShot personally to edit mm-hmm. some of my videos. Um, I it, it works for me. It's a, a lot more affordable than Splice, mm. which is like the one that's advertised all over TikTok and yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes I just do it in the app, and I'm like, okay, whatever. This is this is how it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. If I'm doing like a quick one, I'll just do it in the app. It's way easier. But if I'm doing something that's like a repot of something mm-hmm. or like a long time lapse or me setting something up, uh, I, I can't film it in in app because like I can't get my head around it in the way that I would need to. <laughs> yeah. Where does your inspiration come from? Your content for your content? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, that's a tough question. Um like well so one I'm very 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 much inspired by my plants obviously like I all of my content is about plants I absolutely love them so much and they make my life so much happier and like the whole process of having plants is just amazing to me obviously there's hard stuff too but in general it's fantastic and so just my love for them and like wanting to show off a little bit like, I'm very proud of myself as a plant parent sometimes. And so I kind of want to show that off and, like, just show the beauty that is these magical creatures. Kind of like, I'm a proud plant mom and this is what I've this is what i done. And, you know, my patience and love and care kind of, you know, <laughs> grew this beautiful plant. And if I can do it, you can too. Yeah, just, just fully bragging the entire time. <laughs> no, I, I struggle a lot as well as a plant parent. But like obviously on Instagram, it's it's kind of more of a highlight reel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm trying to show more of my fails. Me too. It's hard though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just you know, it's it's like it's like you you have so much pride in having nice plants, yep. but then you're like, okay, I also need to like show the reality of like what it's like to be a plant parent with over a hundred plants. Yeah, and like like you said, because I I try I try decently hard to curate my feed and my grid to look a certain way. I have 
quite high standards for how it looks. And if a plant doesn't look good for some reason or another, or like mm-hmm. maybe it's just at a funky angle or something, it's l- way less likely to show up on my feed. And so if it's got, if it's dead, I have to try and make it look nice in a picture or at least aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. In order to put it on my feed. So it, 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 it it's difficult to create, to keep a nice feed and also show the reality of plant parenthood. Yeah. I hear you on that. I kind of, um, I, I admire how you kind of keep your grid, like look, it looks aesthetically pleasing. Like when you look at it versus mine, I'm like, I used to do that. And then I got so caught up in like taking a picture with a white background as every third picture. And then, Mm. um, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to post whatever I want. And it's, it's less stressful for me that way, even though my grid is kind of chaotic. (laughs) Yeah. I I go through periods of like, it doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, actually it really does. Um, like it doesn't, it really doesn't. It's like keeping my like grid curated is mostly for myself. Yeah. But it, it's an it's art, nice really. To make something beautiful. Yeah, it's it's nice to make something beautiful. Is that's the end of it? Yeah, and you could tell that you have you have an eye for art, which I I appreciate. And if <laughs> anyone that you. looks at your profile, it's like, okay, this girl definitely like knows what she's doing when it comes <laughs> to making things look nice with like her her plants. So thanks, I commend you for that. Yeah, um, my, my my two degrees in art didn't go to waste. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm glad that they're, you know, they're pe- uh, being put to good work. <laughs> yeah, because people often ask me, like, because I, I didn't, I have a master's degree in photography. Like, people say, like, oh, what do you use that for? And like, sometimes I think I don't use it for anything. I haven't shot photography in like the artistic sense since I finished my master's degree. I haven't shot in that way. Like, I, I, I don't anymore. But then I realized, like, I do do that on a daily basis with my plants and, like, using the composition and, like, color and texture and all that stuff. I use that daily when I'm taking pictures of my plants or filming videos of my plants. I'm using those muscles, those creative muscles, just in a different way. Yeah, it's lots of transferable skills. <laughs> Sorry, what? I said um, lots of transferable skills there. Yes, there is. It wasn't what I was expected to, or expecting to do from it but it's what's happened yeah i love that um so i have two questions that i ask everyone towards the end of the show Mm -hmm. and the first one is you know our plant parent community on social media is huge there's so many people like i've chatted with you for like two years now but i've never met you which is so bizarre right um so my first question is if you could meet anyone who you haven't met who would it be? Oh, that's that's a tough one. You can choose more than one person. <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay, if I'm going with someone who I've who I admire and like is kind of like my planty idol, who I've I've not spoken to at all, but I really admire her work as a plant parent and like a YouTuber and stuff. I would really want to meet Wild Fern. Okay. Um. But I've, I've never actually spoken to her. Um, for As a people I've spoken to, 
Um, I think this is going to change massively in two weeks time when I have my plant swap where I invited all of my um, plant friends in the UK. Um, but ooh, that's so tough. I've recently met a lot. So it's really difficult because all the people I've admired recently I've met. <laughs> That's that's cool because COVID restrictions are kind of like cutting back a little bit. So like we can do more. Is that kind of the reason why you've met them? Yeah. So I've, I've, and I've also just been branching out within the community and like trying harder to meet people, um, which is something that I'm not the best at in general, but I, I'm trying a lot harder to, to meet people in person and like get to know them in real life because they're all my friends already. It's just getting to know them in person. Right. And social media has changed the way that we connect with people. And so we're kind of going back to how it used to be before everyone like creates relationships, like with their phone at the tip of their finger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Actually, I really want to meet Johnny, um, the bearded plant addict. Oh, I had him on the show a few weeks ago. He is so nice. I saw he is like the absolute sweetest. I was supposed to be meeting him in Cambridge when we did a talk with Cheryl, um, I think last month. Okay. But he ended up not being able to go because his kids were unwell. But like we we chatted um, via Instagram, and he he did his like keynote speech from like via Zoom. I want to meet him so badly. He seems like such a lovely guy. And he's so knowledgeable about plants, too. He knows a lot. And I'm over here, like, I'm a basic plant dad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he, like, goes into the the nitty-gritty details, which I appreciate. I think he's been doing it for a very long time. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Yeah, great guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, another one of my eyes. Oh, also, Sydney Plant Guy is a big inspiration for me in a minute. He's in Australia. Yes, I follow him. He, he's kind of gotten me into moss poles. I mean, we haven't really talked that much. We've had, like, basic conversation. But his moss poles are the inspiration for me getting, like, absolutely obsessed with them this year. I think he's he's the the type of person that's like, okay, if you put it on a moss pole and let your philodendron vine, you will have big leaves. Like, such a basic concept there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I mean, yeah, his 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 plant collection is pretty amazing too yeah i I want to make my philodendrons look like that yeah um and time and patience and moss poles yeah i have i have some of those things (laughs) not all of them but some of them i have the moss poles (laughs) see i don't have the moss poles uh (laughs) I, i need to need to actually make some um so uh yeah, that's on the to-do list. It's a priority, but I don't really want to do it. So it takes time. I know, I know, which I don't have a lot of. Yeah, that's fair. Um so the second question is if you could be any plant, what plant would you be and why? Oh, I like that one. Um I want to be a satin pothos. <laughs> okay. Because I can either climb or I can trail. I'm versatile. I can live in nearly any environment. I'm going to look freaking gorgeous with my silver sparkles. Uh Uh-huh. And I am, like, readily available for whoever. (laughs) I love that. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. 
I just love them so much. It it is easily my all time like of all time favorite plant. I don't have one, so I feel like I need to have one uh, in your honor. Yes, please get one. Okay, when I do, I will I will tag you in a in a post. Yes, uh, San Pothos was my first house plant. I'm literally looking at my first house plant right now, and it like I love it so much. Um, kudos to you for having it uh, alive still. Do you not, have you not been able to keep them alive? Um, I've, I mean, I've had plants die on me. I, I, I don't have my first house plant. Let's just say that. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I, I don't have my second house plant. I've had lots of plants that have died since, but my sound pothos has tried and true come with me through everything. Yeah. It, you, it sounds like you have like a, a personal connection with it. I love it so much. I have like, yeah, pothos in general, like epipremnum not skindapsis those are the plants that i actually have multiples of in my home which i don't really have a lot of multiples of plants just because they're so versatile right and and depending on like how you display them like they grow differently and they look different even though they're the same plant exactly and like they can handle a lot lower light they can handle drier conditions they can handle a little bit more neglect in the watering department so like they're just so easygoing that i love them yeah, I wish I'm I'm actually feeling the leaves of my um my pothos here. It's just a regular one. Mm, um they're so good. They you know it, it like needs water badly. It's oh, pretty bad. Oh, oh. You, you should probably water that. Uh, as yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um Emma, it's been great chatting with you. Um yeah. thank you for spending your Sunday afternoon with me. Of course. It's my pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed having a chat. And I would love to do an Instagram live sometime. Maybe we can get another group together. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Well, I hope that spring comes soon for you and we will get together soon. Yes. If I ever come to Florida. Oh, let me know. (laughs) Yes, I will do. (laughs) Okay. Looking forward to it and have a great week.